right, welcome back to the Joe Cozo Show. We have lots to talk about. I got something going. I got something cooking here. So this is the big leagues. It's New York. I said I was in the worst neighborhood, man. I said I had a near-death experience. Crazy? Robert, if you've been through what I've been through in the past month, you'd be, you'd be crazy, too. All right. We are back. Jessalyn Blue, never met you before, <laughs> don't know too much about you, right? Mm-hmm. So why don't you give us a little background on who you are and where are you from? Okay, um, <clears throat> who am I? So I am a artist, I am a spoken word poet, I am a published model, I am a actor, I am a tarot reader. Um, Which is cool. <laughs> I would love to know how you got into that. We'll get into that. But wh- where are you from? I'm originally born and raised in Neptune, New Jersey. Neptune, New Jersey. Yeah. And is that south, mid? Is that near the city? Where so is that? So if you talk to a real Jerseyan, right, we call it Central Jersey, even though technically that doesn't exist. We're in the middle of the state. Okay. So you're in the middle there. Yeah. And what about your... You know, growing up, what were you know? What did you like doing? What your parents like? How was your household? Oh man! So <clears throat> me growing up, let me see. So um, I was very weird. I guess I was the quiet kid in the back. You know, I like to read a lot. Um, I always believed in magic, so I was always like the weird one researching esoteric things. You know, like tarot reading, for example. At like fourteen years old, I had my first tarot deck. Um, How'd you get into that? Well, that was that's part of it. At 14, I bought a tarot deck at Barnes & Noble. And like I said, I was always like um, reading a lot and researching things and just reading books. So part of what I was reading were like books on that type of like things, you know, like magic and tarot reading and like nature. And I bought the deck at uh, Barnes & Noble. I think it was like $10 or something. And then that was the start of it all, honestly. And I just literally just kept building on those skills and just kept going. So so it's funny because before the show started, you corrected. You didn't really correct me. I asked you because I heard you say it differently. You don't pronounce the T. on. It's not tarot reading. It's yeah. tarot reading, right? It's tarot, yep. Tarot reading. So... Tell us a little bit about tarot reading, though, if you if you don't mind. And cheers, by the way. Did you taste this, taste this yet? I did. It was smooth. It's pretty smooth, right? I agree. Yeah, cheers. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, if you can, just give me a little, what is it all about? And do you really believe in it? Or is it, a, I mean, I, I, listen, this is your thing. Yeah. I don't, you know, I look at it as maybe a hustle. That's how I would look at that, right? I don't know if it's really something that you can get something out of. I think it's more of, for me, like I did the this tea reading one time. Okay. And it was actually pretty fun because I went with this girl that I was dating at the time and we were at a restaurant. And then what would happen is they would, when you're when it's your turn, you get off the table mm-hmm. after, you know, in the middle of eating, you go in the back and she reads your tea leaves. And the first thing she said to me after she did, she goes, that girl you're with is no good. Get rid of her and you will never be with her in a long time. <laughs> and I didn't get rid of her. She got rid of me probably within a week. But I, never, I didn't even tell her. But I was like, wow, that maybe it has a little something. But it was crazy how that was. But explain to me the process of tarot reading. Well, I'm definitely not about to teach tarot right now, but I'm definitely going to give you some insight so you have a better understanding. Um, Tarot reading. Okay, so each card uh, represents a different phase in human existence. There are 78 cards in a deck. There are 78 phases. We have the fool starting off the deck and then ending it with the world. So it's literally just talking through your cycles and what you're going through as a human being, uh, as a soul having a human experience here. Uh, 
that's like the basis of it and what the or like the orientation of the card so you have an idea of what you're kind of getting into like they're just talking about the different phases that we all go through as humans have you know souls having human experiences there's 78 cards and you shuffle you have an intention um, a problem a goal you have a purpose for why you're shuffling what do you want from them and then it's up to the reader how they would like to lay out the cards and read them for you so some readers use tarot spreads that are specific layouts with specific positions and specific uh, um, positions representing different things. And then some readers like me, I don't always use a spread. I will just let the cards come out and I'll lay them how I feel and what they're telling me to do so. Um, And in regards to what you're saying, like, do you really get anything out of it? Is it a hustle? I mean, look, I opened this business not to become some super famous tarot reader and make a million dollars. I opened it because I know I'm gifted and I'm good at something and it does help people. So I don't push. I don't like go out like you need a reading. I'm not in your DMs like, hey, need a reading. I have a message for you. Like, I don't give a fuck about that shit. You need a reading. You come to me. You say something. I will do the reading. You know, these are my prices, et cetera. Um, But I'm not out here like searching for it because it's not for everyone and not everyone is ready to receive the messages that they have to give. So so tell me about that that part people are not ready you know as do you ever have someone come and then you read the cards and it's something that you see that you know that they're not going to really want to hear how do you get through that how does that happen I just do it. I don't, like, I'm not a sugarcoating um, tarot reader. I'm not about to sit there and tell you what you want to hear because the cards are literally, aren't, you know, whatever they're saying is what I'm going to tell you. And if it's difficult for you, you shouldn't have got a reading then. You know what I mean? Did you ever get someone that was like really upset from what you were reading and what you were telling them? I did actually. And, you know, innately I knew that I shouldn't have given her a reading. I should have just declined. Um that she wanted a reading, like I should have said, I'm sorry, I can't read for you. Why do you say that, though? What, do, you get a, do you get a vibe? You, Absolutely. And you have that kind of thing that you can just tell right away, this Absolutely. is not going to go good, or this is not someone that needs this? It's, it's not saying that this person doesn't need it. I believe we all, I don't want to say you need a reading, but we all can gain something from the tarot reading that will help us. Insight, guidance, advice, things of that nature. There's some of the cards right there. Oh, that's a beautiful deck. I don't have that deck right now. <laughs> I know, that's on my wish list. I have like a, 10 of them at home. Oh, wait, is that what you do? Like if, you know, if, you, if, you, if you're into tarot reading, like you, you, that would be something like, I want a really, really nice deck. Yeah, it's up to you, honestly. There's modern decks. All the, People are creating modern decks all the time. So this would be a modern deck. This is a deck that someone uh, reimagined of the original tarot. If I could just ask you, and I'm not, like you said, you're not giving lessons or anything, but just so people could understand. Yeah. What would be if a card, the, you know, the high priestess meaning, what would that, or the magician meaning, if, how does it actually work? The card gets laid out and then you I read interpret? It. You read yeah, it. I interpret. Okay. I understand what you're saying. And... It, it's all, whatever card comes out, it's not, you know, you just shuffle the deck. There's Not every card will come out on every reading, right? No, because I'm not going to use all 78 in each reading. That would be a very long reading. The yeah. longest uh, card reading I've ever given anyone is my $100 reading, and that went on for almost an hour. Okay. That's a nice That's a nice thing, though, $100. And what is the usual time for a reading? It depends on the reading. Um, not everyone would like to pay $100, and I totally get that. So yeah. um, so that means I offer different like price points so that you can still get something out of it, even if it's not the hour-long $100 reading. Yeah. So like, it's, let's say, for example, um, a three-card reading right now is like $20, so that would be like five minutes. Oh, it's great. It's a nice, that's a nice return on your investment there. <laughs> I like that. So let's get back into your childhood there. So you, you're doing that. You're reading cards. What did you want to do when you 
say we're in school and say to yourself, you know what, when I'm 25, 26, or 23, or 22, I mean, you look like you could be 18 years old, so I don't want to go too far I'm up. 33. Uh, no, no shame. Wow. <laughs> you, you know what? People that are in acting do not want to say I don't their name. It's good. That's how it has to be. <laughs> I don't care. Where did you get that attitude from, you think? Um, I don't give the... You know, I, I feel like give. I got that attitude from being a Taurus. <laughs> um, it's like... Also, also a lot of personal growth um, and life experiences have taught me, like, I can't waste my time agonizing and worrying about what other people are thinking about me or, oh, you know my age, oh my God, now you're going to judge me or you look at me like this. That consumes so much free space in my mind and that's not okay. So the older I became, I realized that there's no point in that. What does that do? Just give you anxiety and, and it hinders you. It's, it slows you down from making progress in your life or making decisions. So at this point in my life and, you know, years ago too, like this is not brand new on how I'm feeling, but I've just been like, I don't care. If you want to judge, that's on you. I'm still going to be me. <laughs> and I know I'm a nice person. <laughs> so don't, yeah, I understand. <laughs> so, t- so how do you rate your childhood? My childhood was, um, Hmm. That's interesting. Traumatic. It's traumatic. <laughs> yeah. Well, talk to me. What do you mean by that? Well, like I said, I grew up kind of uh, kind of like a loner. Again, I like to read a lot. I like to read and research and was doing tarot. Nobody else around me at the time was doing those kind of things. I was like practicing like water and bowl spells <laughs> like when I was like 13 trying to make it rain. <laughs> yeah, you're bringing your magic hat to class yeah, with a wand. Absolutely. Okay. All of that. I was um, painting. I was really into painting. It brought me a lot of peace. I have a lot of artwork. Um, people love my art. I haven't sold it or done anything. It's honestly very personal and it's just like my own thing. Do you so have I'm, your art on Instagram or anything? No. See, it's 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 really for me. But like when people see it, they are like, "Why isn't it being sold?" And I'm just like, "Cause I just just do it." And then I just I guess put it away. Or well, like, why do you think that about yourself? Um, because for me, it's like therapy. Just like my poetry. Um, I've been doing spoken word poetry for since I was like 12, writing and performing it. So that for me also is like my own personal therapy. But I've been encouraged in that aspect a lot to perform and so that became a big aspect of my um I guess artistry is now not just writing my poems and keeping them to myself but actually performing it sharing it I wrote a book I have a poetry album coming out soon you do that in the city right you'll be a poet like maybe at a bar or something like that and it's poetry night and everybody goes up to read their poem is that something that you do I remember doing seeing that when I used to go back and forth into the city I've gotten to the point where I really don't even go to poetry events unless I'm booked as the feature Really? Look at I've you. I've been doing this for a long time. They if know I'm going to come and perform. I'll do a 15-minute or 30-minute set. Okay. All right. know, I, didn't know that, I, I didn't know that there was a, you get paid to read your yes, poetry. Yes, I didn't even know there was paid. a gig like that. That's some, <laughs> that is something else. So go back now, though. You, you, you were explaining that you're somewhat of a loner, right? And, I mean, you're very beautiful at this age. How were you then? Did you Were you... Did you think you were beautiful growing up? Did you see, look at yourself and sit there and say, I'm a very beautiful person? Or was that something that you didn't have confidence in? I would say that I definitely didn't have full 100% confidence as I do now or in my, my adult life. Um, I was a child, you know, um, especially as someone who's of mixed race. You know, it was like my hair wasn't kinky enough for the dark skinned girls at school, but then my hair wasn't straight enough to with, with the white girls. And then I was somewhere in the middle just trying to figure that out, you know. And obviously, there's nothing wrong with what I look like at all. I am who I am. You are who you are. 
and that's the beautiful thing about being individuals. But at the time, I felt so out of place. I, I just I didn't feel like I really fit anywhere. Um, I like groups of black girls used to jump me and beat me up and like put gum in my hair and like kind of tease me. Oh, it's the worst gum in your hair. I wish I had hair, but Ew, I, I think gum in my hair right now all day. Yo, I had but, long uh, hair, and, and so like. That's part of colorism, unfortunately. That's yeah. in America. Colorism is a real thing. Um, Did you have to use peanut butter to get it out? My mom had to cut my hair, man. Oh, they it's put, I had long hair, and they, she had to cut like not all of it off or anything, but like she had to she had to cut where that part was and just make it eat. Like what is your what is your cut. ethnicity? Uh, I'm mixed. Um, I'm African American. Um, what is it? Uh, Irish, French, and British, and Native American. Oh, look at you. You got a little mixture of everything over there. Look at that. My great-grandma's from Dublin, um, and my other great-grandma was British. Okay. So tell me about more about this trauma, though. You, you, have, you, know, you haven't got into the real... Ah, the nitty-gritty. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, um, unfortunately, you know, dealing with that at school was traumatic as well. So being mixed, dealing with colorism... Being like you know treated one way by different groups. I never heard of the word colorism. I'll teach you right now. Colorism uh, comes back from uh, colonial standards of beauty. So back when um, Europe was colonizing Africa and other islands in different countries, uh, they brought that with them to these countries. So now we have this colorism, unfortunately. So if white standard of beauty is held in highest regard in all of these places and was brought over by Europe to all these other countries, that's what they have ingrained inside of their society till this day. So the lighter you are, the better you are, the prettier you are. So the dark-skinned girls growing up in my high school, middle school, teased me just because my hair wasn't as kinky as theirs. I'm, I'm light, but I'm not dark enough. I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah, I know. You know what's crazy, though, about that when you say about, like, you know, white is the beauty, right? But when you're white, the one thing you want to do more than anything is get tan. I don't, I can't, you know, I'm yeah, just it's telling crazy. you. I'm, I'm saying though, like, <laughs> yeah, for is. me, as soon as the summer comes out, it's like, listen, let's lay out by the pool for like an hour or two. I want to get that nice tan going on. And then, you know, you, it's just crazy it though when crazy you hear that. Because yeah. like even right now in Africa, they sell skin lightening creams. Like that's still like I said it bought it was brought over by colonialism so it's been ingrained in these societies for a long time so even to this day in 2023 they sell in Africa skin whitening creams like oh you look better you look better it's interesting I and never even heard of that either it's very real everybody <laughs> wants what they don't have everyone everyone wants what they don't so have so it, it 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 fed into that mentality where these dark skinned girls were looking at me like oh she's lighter she had her hair straighter you know I'm closer to that white standard of beauty and it's like I got bullied for it so. So how did you get it? So, so that's part that's of it. That's part of it, yeah. But there's something else. Oh, absolutely. I grew up with a crazy alcoholic stepfather. Oh, that's horrible. That was very fucking horrible. Oh, that's awful. So when did your parents get divorced? So my mom, like, first my mom, like, married him when I was five. So that was, like, all I really started growing up to. We were living in an apartment in Jumping Brook. And, Jumping Brook is in New Jersey. Yeah, New Jersey. Um and I lived in the living, uh, I lived in, my room was in the dining room and my older sister had her own room and I had a room and that's where we lived. You know, I had like a sheet over my door. We just did what we could do. Where's your old man? Uh, my dad was nowhere to be found. Um, I think he contacted me when I was four to let me know or let my mom know that my 
grandmother or his mother passed away and he invited me to the funeral when I was like five or like six or something. Weird age to go to a funeral, yeah. especially when you don't have any and contact. I, I never had dad. much contact to begin with. So it was just like, oh, hey, your grandma died. Um, do you want to come? And I was just like, who is this? What's up? Who's you this know? dead person and my mom's in this like, box? Okay, I guess we're going to go. And I had, again, like you said, no idea. Never met these people really. Like, okay, sure. And I was even treated horribly at that. When I got there and I was a child, my mom was telling me, like, you know, as I'm older and I understand better, she was like, they didn't even want me there. They were looking at me like, who is this girl? Why is she here? Who's the daughter? So that was just Does your How many whatever. sisters do you have? Um, I have about four. Four sisters. We have about four yeah, sisters. I had to think about that. There's so many. How many with your father? Just me and my uh, brother. And then my dad, ha my, just me through my mom. And then my dad had two other children with two other people. Okay. Your real dad? Yes. My okay. biological father. So he's out of the picture, which is crazy. And I'll get in, I would like to talk about that in a second, but I want to talk more about the stepfather. When you say you have a stepfather that's an alcoholic, like, give me, how bad was it? He was a functioning alcoholic. Let's put it like that in the sense that he would go to work, so he maintained a job. Um, which is good, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, because at a certain point, my mom was having kids by him so back to back, you know, um, that she wasn't able to go back to her job. My mom had a full time job. You know, she was head secretary at the Jersey Shore Medical Center. Um, she worked multiple jobs at one point. But then when she got together with him, she went down to one job and then she started having kids with him. And then it just kind of slowed that down. Yeah, People don't understand like being. A mother with three kids that's the full that's like full-time and overtime job because it never ends mothers don't get enough no, credit for that I agree yeah so, and I love my mom you know she really did a lot she did everything she could to make sure I had um, I was taken care of and had a good life so did just, he ever did he ever abuse you like verbally or oh, physically absolutely. <laughs> absolutely that shit was um was he white uh, he was German and black he was mixed. He was white appearing, but German and black. White appearing. Like, you wouldn't think he's black. Like, you look at him, but his dad is black and his mother is. Okay. okay. And so so how did you get through that? Like, what were some of the things that he would do? Um, It was hard. I'm not going to lie. It was really hard because I'm a child. You know, um, again, at that time, I didn't have much contact with my own father. So he was what I would view as a father figure. Like, this is who my mom is with. This is what Called we, him dad? Um, I never called him dad because I don't, I don't, I don't remember why. I just, but I never felt comfortable calling him dad. I'll just, I don't know. I can't really pinpoint that. I didn't feel comfortable doing that. So no, I never called him dad. And he was just, like I said, a functioning alcoholic. I'm like pulling back at these memories. I've healed from them. So I don't feel any type of way talking about it. But it's just like, it was hard because it was hard to, Observe how he treated my mother. You know, again, as I just told you, like she did everything she could to, to get that apartment to take care of me and my sister. And then when she met him, you know, and they were dating and they're getting together and then they're getting married. And then I'm thinking, okay, so she's in her mind, obviously, I'm taking care of my family even more. Now I have two people to take care of. Now we have children. You know, this can be a big family. And it was just like so sad to see, like, as I reflect on it as an adult now, like, you know, how it like was a dream crusher in a sense. Like, he just didn't treat my mom well at all. So he, did he come home and drink? Absolutely, he would come home and start leave. He would ha and he would never even first. He would always drink at home. So it would be like our house was party central. My mom would be pregnant, and he would be smoking cigarettes everywhere and drinking alcohol and having his friends everywhere and doing drugs and whatever the fuck they were doing in the basement or in the backyard or in the living room. My mom would throw a fit and be like, "You need to go somewhere else. Like, stop it. I'm pregnant. You're smoking. You're drinking. You're horrible. Doing, like, you yeah, know what I like, mean? Yeah, yeah. And so, so then they would go in the backyard. Then they would go in the basement. So she would like push them more out into like 
you know, smaller spaces, so like not to be in the and middle. And I'm sure of he's family. getting pissed. Like this is my house. Yep. I can do what I want. And then he's getting aggravated. So like that was just not a con- you know conducive environment to be around. He's like I said, the way he treated my mom was horrible. He would talk down to her, berate her, like belittle her, like like she wasn't. You don't want to see someone treat your mother like that. You know what I mean? And then there were moments where, yeah, there was some physical things going on. I personally, to this day, did not see it with my own eyes. I heard it. Like, you hear somebody fighting or things are rumbling. Things are knocking over. Yeah. So was there ever a time growing up, though, that you would look at other people's lives, your friends' lives, and see how they have parents and, you know, the mother's there, the real father's there, and they have this storybook kind of life. Did you ever sit there and say, well, why didn't my father want to be with me, my real father? Oh, absolutely. absolutely. How did you get through that? Um, how did I get through that? Like, I, I got through that by, like I said, coping for me with writing poetry, expressing myself, um, writing and reading. I did since I was really young. I used to read the thesaurus, like memorize it and go through words, and I just love knowledge. So, like... I would just put myself into learning and reading and knowledge and expressing myself in a healthy manner. Um, but then, you know, my home was really hard. So I tried to find positive coping ways, but it, it just only got harder and harder. My stepfather just became more distant from my mom and kept mistreating her in front of us and disappearing. And, it, you know, then finances became tough because now my mom's not working. Now she's home taking care of four kids that are his kids and me. And he's still out just spending his money on alcohol, booze, parties, probably other women for all I know. I'm a child, but I'm assuming that's probably what's going on as well. Your brother wasn't living with you? Oh, uh, no. My brother's under with my dad. Okay. My, so my dad had How did son. that make you feel? Like, okay, so your dad takes your brother, you're with your mother, and there's four other kids that are, your, you know, that's really your, I guess, half-brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. Did you feel like an outsider all the time? No, my siblings, you know, they're they're younger than me, so they don't treat me any kind of way. They look at me like, yeah. hey, that's big sis. You know, we grew up together. There's, there's they no, don't even realize Yeah, the there's difference. no feeling uh, of distance between us in that manner. Yeah, we have different dads. Okay, whatever, moving on. You know what I mean? That's yes. not a big deal. But de- dealing with the fact that my biological father chose to be in my brother's life and raise him and be around and be consistent, but then for me, I only got to see him, what, when I was five at a funeral? It's tough. Sucks. <laughs> um, and the only way that I even recently, not even, say, I don't say recently, this is when I was in high school, but even engaged with my dad and even got to meet him again was I was, what was I? I was 15 years old. And at the time I was diagnosed now with depression and bipolar disorder. And they were also saying that I possibly had borderline personality disorder. And I was really sad. And I was just like having mood swings. And I was so upset with my home life. You know, my stepfather's doing all his crazy crap. My mom's crying all the time, you know, barely keeping herself together. Um, you're getting she, treated like shit at school. I'm getting treated like shit at school. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're, like you're an outcast there. Now you may be feeling like an outcast at home at sometimes. Yeah, so I didn't feel like I had anywhere at all. I felt like I was just very lonely. So around 15, I looked in the yellow pages for my dad. My mom told me his number, his name. Like, you know, my mom always said his name. My mom never, like, hit it. Yeah, I know, I'm old. (laughs) I'm I'm 16 years older than you, so please. I remember that big-ass book. That big-ass book, and you would look through it and be like, this guy's last name, how many last names? You gotta get to the first name. Yeah, it's crazy. There's, like, six of his names or whatever, and um, I found it. 
that was and I called every single one of them until I found him and I said hey do you have a daughter named Jesslyn and he was like yeah I do actually and I was like well this is her right now hi I had to find him I had to look for him I don't to this day I don't think if I did not do that he would have ever glanced my direction or tried to contact me I, I don't know I'm I wonder because well, well, it was already 15 years have gone by and he has not said anything to me. <laughs> you know what so, I mean? So tell me about that phone call, right? Was that something that it was you just woke up and said, fuck it, today's the day? Or yes. was that something? I was it. at the end of my rope. I was depressed. I was sad. I was just diagnosed with all these different mental, like, you know, mood swings and um, depression, bipolar disorder. My home was messed up. You know, school was hard. Um... I think I was starting to do smoke weed now and then, you know. At 15? Yeah, because I was wow. sad. I was depressed. I was sad. I was looking for outlets. I didn't feel safe anywhere. I was like, now I'm at school. Now I'm at home. Now I'm this. Nowhere is, is a place of welcome and, and comfort and peace. You probably didn't get a lot of love from you. And, and maybe I'm wrong here. But when you, you know, when a parent has four other kids that they have to also be a parent to, mm-hmm. you know, they got to divide that, that love up. Mm-hmm. And here you are like, hey, listen, I need something from you and you just are not being able to give it to me because you don't have enough time and then you have nothing on the other side so you so you're at the end of your rope here and then you decide to call him how nervous were you about that I or, was, was, or you just like I fuck said this. fuck it I was really at the end of my rope I was like yo fuck it fuck it what am I gonna lose right now maybe he could help me maybe he could get me into a better situation maybe he could I don't know but I just thought maybe he could be some type of assistance in some way shape or form so go ahead tell us well, how the conversation go well, how was his response um it wasn't bad it wasn't negative it was pleasant he wanted to get together he wanted to meet at a public place um he brought my brother who I never met at that time at all really never met my my brother that's horrible he was older than you raised no about like three years younger than me i believe okay that's how does that so so where did you guys meet uh we met at mammoth mall mama's mall mammoth mall mammoth mall yeah i was gonna say mama's mall some Some jersey thing must be some jersey thing (laughs) so uh all right so you meet at the mall now is your mother bringing you there or you go there by yourself did your mom drop you off? I don't remember, honestly. It must have been my mom or a friend who gave me some assistance with that. But how did you feel, though? Like, what was going through your body at that time? What were your emotions? I didn't know what to think. Were you more excited to see your father, or were you more excited to see your brother? I didn't know what to think. Like I said, these the, 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 he chose not to be there. Doesn't seem like it went well. Um, It was okay. It was okay. Um, Did you hug? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Did you cry? uh, No, I didn't cry. I don't recall crying. He didn't cry? I don't think he cried either, no. How? How does that happen? He's an interesting person. I'll leave it at that. (laughs) Did you have have a list of questions that you wrote down? Yeah, yeah. Like, like I had questions. I wanted to know what's going on. I just wanted to hear. And unfortunately, from what I remember, again, this is not like yesterday. So it's it's, like 17, 18 years ago. So if the details aren't the exact, exact, like, don't sue me here. But I do remember, um, again, I asked questions. I want to know what's going on. I wanted to see if he could help or try to make my life a bit more pleasant, like now, and help me get through all these difficulties that I was going through. And um, and I just remember uh, him saying, like, you know, he, he, he'll be there. Like, he was just trying to be positive and just saying, like, yeah, okay, you know, we could contact each other and spend some time together. And, like, him just, tr- like, going, okay, yeah, we could, you know, and... I could fit you in. I could fit you in and maybe that. So it, it wasn't a negative experience. Let's put it like that. You see him that day. 
When's the next time you saw him after that day? I don't remember. I think it was like maybe he would touch base with me or I would call him when I got really sad or depressed. And I try to like, connect, but it wasn't try to connect with him or but try it to wasn't reach out. All of a sudden, dad's back in my life. Yeah, no, it wasn't. It wasn't like that. He, so terrible. He, he definitely, um, like I said, it wasn't negative. He made it seem, from what I remember, like yeah, we could spend time together. Like we can make this an ongoing thing, or we can meet up and you know see each other and talk and things of that nature. So he was open to that, you know. Um, but like I said, it really did hurt to 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 have that experience and then meet my brother and be like, so what the fuck? Like, How was he cool? Was he cool with you? Did oh, yeah, he... my brother was super cool with me. He was younger than me. He was just excited to meet me. He was just very open, a uh, very nice person, you know. Um, did he look like you? Uh, no, I didn't really feel like he like looked like me, looked like me, you know what I mean? Probably with, like, in the face, like facial features yeah. possibly. Like, you know, um, our, our, my chin, we have, like, the similar chin structure as my dad, things of that nature. I would have been all over that. <laughs> you know, I would have been all over that. You look better than me. You have nicer hair than me. You're taller than me. Our hair was curly. Yeah. We both had curly hair. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I would have been up and down, up and down that whole thing. But it just hurt to, to it did hurt, it did hurt after that experience on that day to sit back and soak it all in and then be like, wow, so you chose to make sure you were there for him, but not for me. me, it was not me. How did you... And then, no, that's no, the part I almost forgot to say, actually. That's what I was trying to remember I was going to say. It, it, the part that really killed me, that kind of, you know, it was a pleasant experience. I don't want to say it wasn't pleasant. So it was a pleasant experience, but the part that really killed me was like, you know, he was just pretty much like bashing my mom oh she didn't let me see you oh she didn't want me to come see you or she didn't want to contact me and, da, da, da. and i was like are you kidding me do you think that you're gonna get any type of you're a grown-ass man like like you're gonna get close to me by talking negatively about my mother you know what i mean like how is that gonna get us close and mother daughter like you know father daughter relationship if you're just gonna bash my mom in some way shape or form yeah that's his that's his that that's never his, made yeah. sense to me like it doesn't that? it doesn't make any sense <laughs> at all so you you said that at 15 years old that you were diagnosed with depression and whatever disorders that they were thinking yeah. about having or anything like that. But as a 15 year old, who says to you, let's go see what's going on with you? Did you I, say- I tried to commit suicide four times. So it wasn't, it wasn't um, let's question and see if Jesslyn has a problem. Jesslyn has a problem. Jesslyn's upset. <laughs> Take to me, talk to me about the first time. How does that go through? And I'm and, and listen, if this, you know, Oh, I've made peace with this. How do you at that time, you know, cuz some people say that they wanted they tried to commit suicide. There's there's different ways, obviously. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you really want to commit suicide, you sit in a tub and you put a transistor radio that's plugged in yeah. and you throw it into the tub <laughs> and you're done. Yeah, that's, right? that's and, definitely and you're should gone. be a surefire way. Yeah. That's a surefire way. Um, or if you have a firearm, you shoot yourself mm -hmm. and that's the end of it, right? And you, you know, and then there's I'm slicing my wrist and then I'm telling my mom I sliced my wrist. Like what? And I'm not and trying to downplay. And they used to say it. it's down the street, not cross the street. Okay, I don't know. I don't know that's that. That's what they used to say. Meaning you need to cut this way. Oh, uh, really? That way. Cross the street, not down. You got down you, the street, not cross the street. If you want to die, if you want to down die. the street to die. Yeah, I never heard of that expression. So here you are. And what? How old were you at this time? I was fourteen when I was diagnosed. I was fifteen when you first think I tried was, to commit suicide. When I first tried to commit suicide, I think I was about to be fifteen. So give me 14, a little bit. Something around that time. Let me be honest. Around that, I think it was fourteen. As someone that tried to do that, is that something that you are talking to yourself about? 
I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. This is how I'm going to do it. Do you start researching no, on ways no, to do it? No, no, It was painful. It was just it was just pain. It wasn't a plan. It wasn't uh, logical. Um, it wasn't me sitting there. I'm going to research and make sure this is effective. It was like, I am in a lot of pain. Living hurts. This home hurts. Um, going to school hurts. Now I'm, at this point, I started, I think, to meet other people that were like smoking and doing drugs and I was just trying to find escapism. So I was like, everything hurts. I don't even know if I have real friends. I don't even know what's going on. And I just wanted to die. So it wasn't a plan, okay, I'm gonna, you know, on one day at two o'clock, I got my little knife or my rope. No, it was like, fuck this shit. I'm so over it. I took every single pill in the medicine cabinet. Oh really, that's how you did it. I took everything I could find and then I went to sleep. I took. I think I took a shot of vodka because my stepfather had so much alcohol everywhere in the house. Anyway, that's why the Dan Aykroyd LGBT I don't drink vodka. vodka. <laughs> he didn't want anything to do I with it. What I asked. Vodka. Okay. Okay. I got it. <laughs> who Who uh, found you? You know when that happened. Um. So. Or did I, you just wake up I and say it didn't up, work? I woke up in a lot of pain. Um. My stomach was exploding. Um. I was throwing up blood and bile and all kinds of things, and I was screaming. And my mom came in, and my mom didn't know what was going on and I told her like mom I took a lot of pills I had to kill myself I need to go to the hospital and she was dealing with so much at the time you know that unfortunately she ended up hurting me as well more because of the stress that you know my stepfather was putting her under what did she say just go to bed and, and sleep it off she was just like can we deal with this in the morning stop it's horrible that's not that's no good it wasn't I and then she went back to sleep so, and, and, then, and again, you have to realize my mom was also suffering from depression and being um, abused. abused. So, like, you know, as an adult, I understand this now. As a child, I was just like devastated. You were like, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, so, I just kept banging against the wall until she would take me to the hospital. What's another way that you did? Was it always pills? No, I hung myself. And I, will, I have a, whoa, sc- I have whoa, a scar. Whoa, 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 whoa. I have a scar to this day on my um, eyebrow where I hung myself. It'll never go away. Talk to me about that day. That was my third attempt, um, and when I did, no, that was my second. Yeah, no, that yes, that, that was my third attempt, um, and I was already I already went to the psych ward a few times because I already tried twice, and I was already on medication at this point. I already been diagnosed, and they were trying to pinpoint exactly which it, what it was. Um, I was already in therapy. Uh, I was already seeing the therapist, trying to be, you know, trying to address it. My mom did everything she could. I want to put that out there. What medication were you on? I was on Prozac, um, Depakote, and Trileptol. All three. First, it was was Depakote and Trileptol, and then they mixed it. Then they threw Prozac in there. So it was like, um, yeah, I was a zombie. How how did you feel with being on medication? I couldn't cry. I, I just felt very stoic. Um, I would have emotions inside, but it just couldn't be expressed. If that makes sense, like, it makes sense. Yeah, like it, it, it would just sense. be like this. But then inside, you know. So you're on this medication, and you still said, "I want to kill myself." Oh yeah, because my life was still the same. Nothing was getting positive. <laughs> it was like, so you're gonna put me back in the same household that sucks with the same. Nobody's, I go back ta- to nobody's talking to me. I'm still got- getting abused at school. My father doesn't want still anything to do with me. Right? I saw my brother, but he's living whatever life he's living. And he doesn't live most close And by. here comes my stepdad wasted every single night that he comes home. Oh, yeah. He was, you know, not every night would he cause a disturbance, but he was always just a negative... Influence. Person. Influence. Yeah. You know, he, he just wasn't, you know, 
if when he was sober, he could have awesome positive moments. But unfortunately, most of it was just looking down on others and judging people. and He just probably hated his and life. And doing all kinds of drugs and things and where he was just not in his right mind. So like, And most of the time, I grow up remembering that he would never remember anything. Were he you, was always so intoxicated with something, like, he just never remembered anything. When you were, yeah. That Not even just, to, like, pick me up from somewhere. Yeah, like, that's, that's <laughs> just was really wasted. Yeah, like, <laughs> when you were doing those drugs, was there anything else you were doing besides the pot? Were you doing coke? Were you doing ecstasy? Oh, yeah, that was, those are my favorites. Those are my top two. I would stay awake for five days. Coke. You, so and you, ecstasy. How old were you time. at the time? I was uh, 15, 14. I was trying to hide my pain. 14? And no one would let me die. I tried to, to kill myself four times. I was like, you guys aren't letting me die. I got, I wouldn't, I'm still got to live with all these different things I didn't know what else to do I was like everyone keeps trying to stop me from doing this and then then but they put me back in the same predicament the same environment nothing is being solved I want to know <laughs> Jesus Christ tell me about the day with the rope where do you get like is it rope are you doing a belt it tell was me, like how do you it do was, that um, a phone cord a phone cord it was a phone old cord. school kitchen cord and how did you do it? Like, I, I, I roped it up in my basement. And I went to the backest room in the basement, and I roped it up, and I hung myself. And I woke up on the floor. Like, I don't know how much time has passed, but so I woke hold up on, on the floor, and I was bleeding from, like, where my face hit the ground. Okay, so hold on a second, though, right? You get a chair, and you're going to kick the chair out, mm -hmm. obviously, and you're there. What's going? Talk to me. What are you saying to yourself? Because you know, I, I talk to myself. Everybody talks yeah, to themselves, yeah, right? Yeah, you know, Joe, this, Joe, that. What are you doing? You fucking idiot. This and that, or whatever it may be. Well, tell me about the conversation you're having with yourself as you're setting up the chair. Again, fuck it. It's not logical. It's emotional. It's it's very like I don't know what else to do. This is not me trying to find attention. This is me trying to get out of this. I just want to get away from all this crap. Who finds you on the floor? Um, no one. I found I. No one was home at the time, or everyone was busy, or you know. Another my mom. failed attempt, and you found yourself. I woke up myself, and I just didn't tell anybody until my therapist came to give me therapy, and then I broke down and cried. I admitted to her that I did try to kill myself that day. Did you say fuck again? I can't kill myself. Oh yeah, at that time I was very frustrated. Again, I didn't know how else to solve all my problems. Well, you went from the, the pills. I don't know what the second one was, but it's irrelevant because now we're, we 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 progress to rope hanging or phone cord hanging. What was the fourth attempt? The second. Oh, oh, sorry. Um, the second one was pills again, actually, and my sister saved me. That's when I actually died. So in the second one, I actually died. Um, my sister. I was staying at my grandma's house because my stepfather kicked me out. He was like, "Jessalyn can't come back here." He at was, fifteen. Oh yeah. He was like, Jessalyn can't come back here. I don't want her back here. And my mom was so bullied by him. You know what I mean? At the time. She was like, see you later. She was trying to advocate for obviously me to come back there. But she was like, ah, maybe today you just stay at grandma's house tonight or something. And then tomorrow I'm going to talk to him again. And, you know, like she always would advocate. Don't get me wrong. My mom was never like, yeah, you go or whatever. She was no, always like, but be that's, home. But be come safe. on, stop with the nonsense. That's right there is get over here. Give me a hug. I'm not letting you go until I feel like you I can let you go. Yeah. I'm not going to let you go to grandma's. I'm going to watch you. Why? So you could go hang yourself at grandma's or take pills at grandma's? Yeah, the he last was such thing a I'm bully, letting, man. Yeah, but the last thing I'm doing is letting my child get out of my sight at that time. Now it's just like, listen, I'm just going to stay home. We're going to watch something together. Mm -hmm. We'll go for a walk. Let's go get some ice cream. But, you know, that's rational thinking. Here's your mother. She has a thousand other things going on. She's trying. She had other kids. I'm not making excuses for her, but... Here you are. You're crying out for help. 
Yeah. How did you, when you say that you died, um, how, what happened? The overdose worked. I took my medicine. So I overdosed on my Depakote and my Prozac. So how many pills do you think you took at one time? I don't know, man. 50? I was, again, it's it's not logical. It wasn't, it's no nothing planned and prepared. It was just like, I'm in pain. Make it stop. Who found you? Um, my sister and my grandmother. I was on the sleep of my grandmother's couch. Because I was dealing with the crap my stepfather was. My stepfather was nasty. Uh, he did crazy stuff to me. He called the cops on me once and my friends. And he said, I didn't allow this friend to come over, so escort this friend out. I was like, my mom gave me permission to have this friend over. You know how embarrassing He's, that is? That is embarrassing. And my, friend, my mom was like, what? Now you're going to see your friend later and, just, and say, hey, I'm sorry, this guy's a it banana. It was very embarrassing. I was like, my stepfather's crazy. Yeah. I was like, my mom said you could come over and hang out with me. <laughs> How was it going to school? Did everybody know that you tried committed suicide? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a no. That's oh. a whole different. Oh, scene. I'm being bullied even more now. now People are saying are. things to me as I walk the hallways, talking shit. How did you? <laughs> you know, I, we we can talk about all this, and and this could go on all day, and we don't have all that kind of time to do uh, yeah, it. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. No, but what I'm saying though, it's, yeah. it's it's really how when did now? Let's fast forward then, mm -hmm. because let's get into who you are today. I, I would like to try to get into that now. But there's got to be a time that Jessalyn says, my life, I value way more than I did the first, second, third, and fourth time. Something had to click. Well, I do have to say my father, my biological father, uh, made an offer to assist me with college. and Because you had to get out of that house. I had to leave everything it's not even the house it's the house it's the town it's the people it's it was it was all of it it was the drugs that i started getting into um it was just time for an exit queue um so he now he knows that this is happening and he reaches does he reach out to you do you reach out to him he offers this is after we we met at the mall and we spent a, we hung out a few times possibly you know um he was trying to be helpful financially in that manner. And he was like, I think it would be good for you to go away for college. Obviously, uh, going far is um, a financial strain. But as long as it's just like, you know, maybe within the same state, just somewhere else. Just change the scenery. And so I went to Rutgers University in Newark, and he did assist me with that. So most of it was under student loans. Rutgers is a great school. I loved going to Rutgers. Yeah. And, um, it's it, like 40,000 students there. It's the most diverse school in America. Number one. <laughs> Something that you could really have used, right, because of what you were going through in your childhood and growing up, right? You yeah. want to have some people that you could maybe relate to that looks like you, that, you know, maybe went through the same kind of problems and issues that you did, right? Yeah, just hopefully make new friends that are um, not doing drugs or not dealing with depression and not, you know, <laughs> yeah, about to lead there, me down a bad path. But wasn't there a time that you actually said to yourself, though, hey, listen, my life is worth too much? I mean, was there a moment, I know that you said that your father said, hey, listen, go away to college and mm -hmm. maybe that will fix things, but was there ever a time that you said, I don't want to die? Not really at that time. I wasn't there yet. That so wasn't there It was yet. still always on the table for you. It was still something in the back of my mind. I wasn't there yet. And all these times that you went to therapy, you went to rehab, you went to this, you know, whatever you were doing, none of that worked? None of that clicked? Um... No, because at the end of the day, it didn't solve what I felt like were my problems. And not only that, though, it's like, okay, <laughs> we're going to see you later, and you're back. And right then I'm just right back in it all over again. Tell me about Rutgers, then. I mean, what did help with therapy is that they kept encouraging me to cope and 
you know, therapeutic ways. So instead of instead of trying to kill myself or trying to cut myself or do, you know, I used to cut myself all the time. So instead of doing all these negative things, I'd be like, keep writing your poetry or draw it out more. And I already had artistic ability. And I already said I was I was painting and drawing for fun, reading and writing. And that brought me peace. So I, they just told me more to, like, channel my energy into what made me happy and peaceful, which is drawing, writing, reading, learning. So going to college, you know, by the encouragement of my father to transfer from a community college in the area that I was attending at the time, because that was affordable for me, he was like, I'll provide a little bit more funds so that you can go to a four-year and transfer now. Just don't worry go. about books. Don't worry about this. Like, yeah, transfer now. And then, you know, the rest is on loans. So that was that was a really positive thing, and I have to give it to my dad for saying that and, you know, aiding me in that endeavor to get to that point, because... Going to college and getting an education was one of the best things I ever did in my life. What were you thinking about majoring in, and what did you major in? So I wanted to major in English literature, and I majored in English literature <laughs> because I'm such a big reader and writer. <laughs> okay, okay. I wanted to be a book editor. I thought that would be the dreamiest job. I love, like, give me all the books. Let me make them better. Yes. Give me all the books. Let me make them better. Let me edit them. Okay. So when you were in college, though, well, did you have a, ever have a boyfriend? Or, I, I mean, are, are you straight? I'm bisexual and I've dated women I've dated men um, in regards to having boyfriends I've only had maybe three or four my whole life where I was in like, was a relationship it's interesting they say that let's let's talk about that I, I like why so you so you've done you've done both what do you prefer like if you had to say I'm gonna settle down hey Jessalyn, you're only allowed to settle down with one person for the rest of your life. Okay, Sorry, this fine. is it. This is all you can do. Would you choose a man or would you choose a woman? A man. Okay. And well, I'll tell that to anybody. Anytime. Why, though? I love penis too much. <laughs> There's no. I love penis too much. And women are so emotional. You can't deal with it. Only you allowed to have emotions. <laughs> I can't deal with your emotions. I got. I have to deal. With, I, got, I have emotions. This is too much shit. <laughs> too much. I got to deal with your shit. And I'm a Taurus, so if you get too crazy, I just tune it out. I'll be like, I'm over it. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How did you find out that you were bisexual? Like, what was it? What, what age were you at when you said, "I'm going to explore a little"? I here. was in eighth grade. Oh, really? And I was looking at girls, you know and then what? that's when I started talking to this one girl in eighth grade. And uh, we would write each other little love notes and make out in the bathroom. It was so cute. Really? Eighth grade <laughs> But she was story. in foster care, and I couldn't visit her home because of her situation and circumstances. So it didn't really get to, to us to hang out outside so of wait, school. Wait, wait, wait. So tell us, so you're in eighth grade. You guys, so you're planning the bathroom break, right? <laughs> is she in your class, or do you know, like, at 11 no. o'clock, we're going to meet in the bathroom? I think she was in my, like, study hall. We didn't have a class together. Okay. And, like, I think we would try to, like, meet up during lunch. And Look at that. Yeah. That's a so nice cute. little thing. Okay. Yeah, she was so And cute. then when was the first time that you, you started dating a guy? I oh. love that. I love that you're so open, by the way. <laughs> it's the only way to be in life. Yeah. Just honest. There's nothing to hide. Exactly. Yeah, no, I really appreciate it. So... But when was the when when did you say you know what the women okay let me see what a guy's all about this dirty I, I this like, dirty human being I was of like a making person. out with boys when I was already like seven oh really let me show you okay like eight making out with boys in the woods. it wasn't all, it was until eighth grade that I was like hmm looking at these girls. It's that Jersey. Looking at these girls over here. It's that Jersey know? water. <laughs> it's, in that, it's in the Jersey water. 
That's what we say in New York. Well, I was born and raised by the Jersey Shore. Yeah. Oh, you were? I'm a Jersey Shore baby. Okay, so there you go. <laughs> so now you're in college, though. Are you exploring both? Are you just open with both of them? Like, you know, both men and women? In college, I don't think I really dated any many women in college. Okay. No, I don't think I was really doing much when it comes to women in college. When you date guys, though, do you ever tell them that you will also date a girl in the past? Are you uh, open about that right away, or is that something that, you know, you won't... I'm not saying that you would hide it. Yeah, and I don't re- hide it, but. The reason why I bring that up is because guys, as a guy, when they know that they're dating somebody that has the potential to date a girl is very, very insecure for a man. Really? So this is new to me. No and one's I'll, ever and told I'll t- me that. Well, I'll tell you why, and it's just coming from my own experience, because there's certain... First of all, girls are way more beautiful. So there's no competition. You can't compete with a girl. <laughs> right? Okay. You know, there's no, you know, if you say to yourself, I'm going to start dating a girl, first thing I say, like, oh my God, these girls are so beautiful. I can't compete with that. That's A. Guy, girl going down on a girl. Girls know what girls like. That's true. Because they have their own vagina. So like me going down there, I'm always asking, is this good? Do you like this? That's real, and that's good. I'm glad yeah. you do that. Yeah, is this okay? Is this something that makes you feel good? As a girl, you just go down there. You already know Oh, what they're already just winning likes. in life already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm going to ask. I know what's going on. I know what well, you're doing. Everyone's different, though, so girls should still ask because every woman you know, um, likes different things. Yes. Let's put it like that. Okay. Same All with right. men, too. But but for a guy, it's, 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 it's an insecurity that they know that at any moment... You can go switch, and I can't compete with that. That girl's prettier. That girl's, you know, smarter. That girl has that woman's touch. <laughs> Women are so much better than men in so many <laughs> facets. The only thing that a guy really has over a woman <laughs> is, is the penis. Okay, is, is the penis <laughs> and physical strength and a penis. But you know, that's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. lot. That's I, a I, lot. Yeah, I guess so. I, I guess I just love women. You know, women to me, I'm just fascinated by women. I love them. I love everything about them. I love their, the way they are. And again, like I said, once you tell me, if I'm dating you, that, you know, I guess when we're at Mama's Mall, if as a real pretty woman girl goes by and you may think, hey, I like her too. Yes, that that's would, very that, common. That, that, yeah, I that happens. That. And that would make me probably insecure. That I would be like, oh, man. But same as if I wouldn't want, let's say, the guy I'm dating to be, like, oogling every girl that walks by, like, as he's with me, you know what I mean? Yeah, but but I'm not going to be doing the same thing, like, just oogling everybody. But that's different. Now, what happens if you're dating the guy that's also Googling every guy that walks by? Ah, touche. See? (laughs) Now I'm dealing, I got a two-front war. (laughs) Yeah, going, you know what I mean. Now I got a two front thing going on here that I got to, I got to worry about. That's why I'm saying it. But how guys are with girls, you know, that's the thing. You know, would you date a guy that's also bisexual? That he would, you know, like to bang guys on the side a little. Um, I mean, that doesn't work with my long term goals. So uh, not really. I, I guess it doesn't. That, right? You know, I mean, I want. Um, but is that something that you would, if you were in a long-term relationship, if you were dating a guy, and I don't know what your status is right now, mm-hmm. but would you make it a point that you're not going to date? See, because guys don't look at, when if you said, I'm going to go be with a girl, it's cheating, but it's not. 
Oh because my god, guy, it's still cheating. You want to know why? Unless you, you and that person have agreements. Because a guy would think that maybe he could ooze his way into that other vagina. That's why it's not really cheating. Now, if you're beating another guy, I'm not banging another guy. I don't want anything <laughs> to do with another guy. Now there's a cutoff. But if you're ba- if all of a sudden you tell me that, hey, I was with Tammy and we were just, you know, we started getting a little hot and heavy, I might be like, whoa, 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 whoa. But in the back of my arm, I'm like, how do I get in? Can I get in with But why would I be, like, what you're saying is saying, like, that would mean that me and whoever I'm dating are um, obviously not monogamous? Is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying is, is it wouldn't be as much as a cheat. When you're dating the girl, because I think I could get in, and I'd be, I'd run in. <laughs> that's the guy brain. Yes, that's the guy thought yes, process. Yes, that's the guy process. Because as a woman, I would still consider that cheating unless me and my partner have agreements on that. You it know is. what I mean? We would have to agree that it's okay for Jesslyn to do this. I guess this is how it. You is. know what I mean? I guess if this I just is how went out and did it, it would be like you liar. You you. you <laughs> I, I, I'll put it to you this way. I catch you cheating, right? And there's two ways you could be cheating. You could be cheating with Tammy, or you could be cheating with John, right? Tammy, I catch you cheating with, right? Well, should I say John, I catch you cheating with. It's over. I don't want nothing to do with John. (laughs) Fuck John. I want to beat up John. I hate John. And now we might be over for good. (laughs) You may tell me, though, with Tammy. (laughs) Oh, my God. You may say, hey, listen, I know you caught me. But Tammy's interested in meeting you. And Tammy would like to fuck you. Now, and if Tammy's really hot, it's like, how much? How That's assuming mad? I'm even going to say any of that. But you could. <laughs> I, the option's open. That I'm going to even say any of that. Because you might not want anybody else touching Tammy. And not even. I, if I'm with somebody, I'm with somebody. Okay. Does that make sense? You never cheated? I cheated in high school once. Okay. When I was like 15. And I felt shitty about it, and I never did it again. You never did it again. And that's again. real sh- That's real talk. It happened one time. I was like 16 years old, and I never did it again. Okay. I was All like, right. that's not cool. It sucks. I used to that do was it when I was... I, I, bef- before the girlfriend that I have now, I would always... You know, actually, you know, it was before that girlfriend is when I, how I started it. But before that, it was just... Man, any any hot girl that just gave me attention. I was about numbers. <laughs> so I'll throw out ten, hey, what's going on? Ten times. If just one, that's that's all I needed. Well, like for me, I was in a lot of pain, you know, during that uh period, high school, middle school, college. So sex was also just another escapism for me. Not only that, it was like, hey, listen, you like me? Because I don't got too many people liking me. <laughs> like, you like yeah, me? Yeah, it was like, yeah, it was just another form of escapism and to um to just escape in that way as well. Um that's why I said I only had really like three actual boyfriends or four, I would say, that actually like I was in a relationship with. Are you single now? I am single now. Yes. What was your last relationship, guy or girl? The last relationship where I was date like officially their girlfriend. Um, it was, was a girlfriend. No, no, it was a man. Oh, it was I, a I man. Okay. I don't like. I, I like men more. Okay, we've established this. Okay, <laughs> you like to play with girls? Maybe. Not even. Maybe if I feel like it. Okay. I stopped dating women a while ago, so oh, I don't even right. date so women then, anymore. So you're good. So you, yeah. so you grew out of it. Yeah. So to speak. I don't even say I grew out of it. I'm still attracted and into women. I just don't see myself with women long term, like we said. Okay. I, I understand. So let's go back to your college days, though. Mm-hmm. You graduate college. 
How do you get into acting then? What you're doing now? Like, how do you do oh, that? Let's man. parlay that. Let's segue into because the acting game to me is is fascinating. Oh, it's crazy, and it's really difficult. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So, what made you sit there and say that you wanted to get in? Because you got to remember now, this is a girl that's very insecure growing up in her household. To be an actor, to be on camera. You have to get rid of that insecurity Absolutely. one way or another. And it's a good outlet to learn to let go of your insecurity. Because it's like anything. You get insecure about being on camera, but then once you're on camera, it starts to, it's not a big deal anymore. But you have to get that point to get there. Um, that's how I looked at mm -hmm. it. How did you get into from being what you majored in in college to then parlaying that into what you're doing now? Oh, well, remember... I'm a performance poet, and I've been performing and writing poetry since I was 12. Okay. How do you not segue that into acting? Yes, that's true. <laughs> memorizing, writing it, memorizing it, blocking it, performing it, all very similar to what you do when you are an actor. When was the first time that you went on stage and actually started talking, you know, and performing your poetry? The first, like, stage stage? Because I was, like, published in my middle school um, literary magazine already. I was already like getting my poems published at that time. And then I was getting poems published in high school in a literary magazine. I got poems published in my college literary magazine as well. And I started actually performing on stages but, um, to live audiences when I was about 17. That's a young age. That's a good age to get that through. Yeah. And then you start doing that because, just you know. Just kept doing it. Yes. Just kept doing it. Just kept doing it. Just kept doing it. So then what was People it? loved it. What, yeah. <laughs> like, what was it that you then then what made you say, Hey, let me start maybe getting a monologue? Let me let me start going on auditions for acting. It was literally it fell into my lap. I didn't even consider myself an actor for a long time. I was like, I'm a performance poet or just call me a poet, period. It doesn't have to be performance. I write my poems, they're all original work and I recite them for to share. Um so it was really fell into my lap because all I was doing at the time was um what did I do? I was, I was going to college, you know, bettering myself, getting my education. I was also in therapy during college my entire time of college. I still, I, I, I had a consistent therapist to work through my depression, my polar disorder, and just orientate myself and have a, the best college experience I could have. And I'm really thankful to them because I did have a fucking wonderful college experience. You loved it. I loved it. Well, Rutgers <clears throat> is such a big... Great. It doesn't get as much publicity as it should, but it's such a party school. It's such a great, big school. Uh, Rutgers, Newark, remember, not New Brunswick. I don't know the difference. Tell me about that. Newark is in Newark, New Jersey. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> so it's in the city. It's not in New Brunswick, which is more uh, which is the rural big campus. and suburban. New Brunswick is the biggest campus. Okay. They have one in Camden, one in New Brunswick, and one in Newark. And that's the more metropolitan type of Did campus. Did you live on campus, though? Yeah, I lived on campus and everything the whole time. So, like, yeah, it just fell into my lap. I was... I think I already graduated college, so I was already, this is after college, I wasn't acting during college. What did you do right after college? you get a job? Yeah. What'd you do? I got a job at a bank, because no one hired me for my English degree. A teller? You were a bank teller? Yes, I was. How was that? That sounds boring. It was just boring. Right? But I was good at counting money. It was my second job at a bank teller. I, I already worked at TD Bank in um, high school. I have to tell you, I'm an attorney. And oh, so is my sister. Yeah, and... <laughs> I love my thing that I love doing more than anything. I love it more than sex. I love it more than any single thing is counting money. <laughs> I love it. I put the head, I put the, you, you got to make the bills face, face the same, same way. way. <laughs> I put it down. 
I and then I look at it, and then I light, I I make sure that they're nice and you know grab. Do you do the counting method like two, four, six, eight, ten, two, four, oh, six, eight, twenty, two, four, six, eight, thirty, two, four, six, eight, twenty. Yes, I, whatever is easier. Half from, one, half yes, two, half three, half yes. one <laughs> and two and three and four with and fives five, or ten, yes. like with fives or fifties, half one, half fives, two, half three. Fives hang out with the fives. It's tribalism. Tens <laughs> hang out with the tens. Hundreds, how you got, Eric? The smell of a fresh bill. Oh, my God. <laughs> or a stack. Even and better. I'll tell you another thing, too. If oh, you I would have, an, like, thousands of dollars in my till. You, <laughs> I used to love, because, I, you know, the money changed for me when growing up. Like, the, 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 the look of the money. Yeah. How Benjamin, you know, Franklin looked was totally different. And how the hundreds looked. They changed the currency. They changed the way it looked. Yeah. So, at first, I was always like, give me the old ones. I don't want to stick to it. If you give me an old $100 bill now... <laughs> Because I know it's difficult because people don't really want the old hundred because yeah, they, they think it's counterfeit. Yeah, but it's not. That's it's not, not the case. But I want it right out. I don't want it. Give me the one with the blue line that everybody knows. I don't want any any fugazi bullshit yeah, happening. I love it, fugazi. Yeah, I don't want any fugazi money here. I don't want anything. And I line them up and I can count money all day long. It's my favorite thing to do. I know it sounds shallow. But I absolutely love it. No, to each their own. That, yes. that became a part of me. I had three different jobs where I dealt with a lot of money. I was a currency exchange. Um, I don't know what the term is. Associate or seller, a salesperson. So I did. I worked in Newark Airport in college. That I had like four jobs in college. Newark Airport. Mm-hmm. You were working in the airport. Yeah, I was doing a currency exchange. How hard is that? Not get, hard at all. No, not no, oh. no, not not hard. <clears throat> Traffic. I didn't drive. I just took the bus. Oh, okay. That's not bad. I was on campus in Newark, so it was like one bus, and I, it would take me right there. Oh, that's not that bad. From my like my college campus. That's yeah. not bad. Not Newark Airport is a nightmare. Oh yeah, I've driven there before. Line. Yes, yeah, it's a nightmare. <laughs> I picked up my friends from there. It's, it can be like it's like layers and levels of shit. I don't know. <laughs> I was going. Uh, I t- I took my daughter and my girlfriend to Italy, and nice. We paid somebody to drive us to the Newark Airport. I was like, it's no big deal. It's right here. This and that, and mm. I felt so bad because I saw the traffic on the way home. And I was like, oh, I was like, me in that forever. Yeah, I was like, I'll see you later. You're gonna be dying, reborn in that traffic. Yeah, I was like, I'll Venmo you from Rome. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'll Venmo yeah. you from Rome. I'll see you later. Sorry, bro. Didn't mean it. Yeah, yeah. Arrivederci. Yes, all my love. But but it was packed too. What? A, it was crazy. So many. You don't realize because you know I'm thinking I'm at JFK or LaGuardia, and it's like New York City. Nothing's bigger than Newark. Newark is a huge airport. It and is. It's terrible. It is. It is. It's horrible. But now, so talk to me, though, about the... Do you like that? I do. It's pretty good. I do. I'm probably Nina Martinez have a, loved it. I Shout know, out to Nina. Shout out to Nina. I'm definitely going to reach out to her. She was so kind when I met her. She and was great. She's a really nice person from yeah. my experience with her. Yeah, absolutely. And she loved it, too. Um, but I want to get back into the acting, though. Yeah. Tell me about your secrets about one of the biggest difficulties for me when I was acting and going in all the time was memorizing the lines. I had a really difficult time doing that. And I feel like if I were to do it now, it would be a lot different because my thing was I was in myself. Okay. I was always acting. It wasn't Joe Cozo playing the part. It was Tony in the guy. I thought who Tony should be. Joe Cozo never played the part. And it was a big mistake. All my acting teachers would always say to me, we know who Tony is. We don't want to see Tony. Yeah. Tony's that guy. We want to see who Joe Cozo brings Tony to the table. Mm-hmm. Nobody's ever seen Joe Cozo play Tony. I like I, that. Yes. Yeah, you the know, way you're phrasing it. Yes. And he would say to me, and it was Richard Klein. You ever see uh, the show Three's Company? Yes. 
So it was a guy named Larry on Three's Company. He was the character on Three's Company. And his name is Richard Klein, his real name. And he was my acting coach. And he said, what are you doing? You're acting like Tony. We know who Tony is. Mm. We, we've seen Tony a thousand times, but we've never seen Joe Cozo play Tony. Everybody wants to see who Joe Cozo brings to the table. And that's when it started clicking, but it was right towards the end no, of my... it makes a lot of sense. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Like, what is, who, is, who does Joe Cozo see Tony as? And how does Joe Cozo play Tony? Not Tony playing Tony. Yes. Because it was always like I was trying too hard. Like I was acting. You know, I was, it, it was overacting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that would make me then forget my lines because I was... In my head. Too, trying to be too conscious of that aspect instead of just being the character. Yeah, just playing me, man. This is this is how Joe Cozo would be at Central Park. Mm-hmm. This is how Joe Cozo would act at Central Park. This is how Joe Cozo would act at this restaurant. This is how Joe Cozo would be with, you know, this beautiful woman, girl at, a re- you know, at the dinner. Mm-hmm. But I always, I, and I didn't do that but until later on, but then I was in my head because I, then I couldn't remember my lines. What about you, though, memorizing lines? Do you have a method of doing it? Well, like I said, for me, acting stemmed or grew from my poetry. Writing, memorizing, and performing my poetry, I translated those same skill sets and that same procedure and method into my acting and just added on it. I also took a class at Rutgers for acting because I, I ended up minoring in film and television. Me too. I, I did here at Long Island University, but that's, how, that's what got me into the love. Yep. And I really enjoyed, like I always knew I loved film and television. So it only made sense that I would, if I was going to pick a minor, that would be the minor. That's the second best thing that I love better than reading. Uh, so like the acting class taught me a lot, I would say, and adding on to the skills that I already had with the poetry. So it just built onto it. And when it comes to memorizing lines, again, it's the same procedure. I very just, natural for it's you. It's very natural. It, it starts from something I used to do when I was already like 16. Nah, I don't want to hear that. I have to stand up. I have to be active. I cannot memorize lines sitting down, if that makes any sense. Oh, it makes sense. I had to do it. I have I, to move. I had to. I would I would tape myself on my iPod. Yes, you could, and then play it back. And then, and play I would just jog over or and walking over. or in, you know, as yep. I'm in my car or whatever, I would just keep playing it back so I could uh, memorize it. But it was more robotic yeah, in a way. And then I became robotic as I would do the lines because I was so afraid. And it was my own, in- it was, it's, it's, it's insecurity. Mm-hmm. Mm. I was insecure about how they would perceive Joe Cozo saying the lines as opposed to how Tony Aiello is supposed to say the lines. Like, Tony Aiello, you know, the, the line would call for, can I get more water, please? And that's how I would say it. But I wouldn't say that in real life. I would say it as, can I get more water? Mm-hmm. Anybody? Where? Where and you know, it, depending on who you're working with, um, they're going to let you have those, uh, what's to say, judgment calls. Um, in one of the feature films that I worked on, I made a few judgment calls on my t- character's dialogue, and the director went with it. I was like, I don't think Zara is going to talk like this, or I think Zara is going to have another fuck in here. Okay, she's pissed off. <laughs> like, That's good so confidence, have, though. That you you do can that. have yeah. that, and yes. I, I mean, and I exercise that um, all the time. What is your schedule like for acting right now? So, how, what do you do? Do you are you on backstage or on Actors Access? I'm on everything. Everything. It's Every, a hustle. It's a hustle. Oh. oh my god, absolutely. Well, I started out with everything. black and white 
uh, I sort of a black and white. You had the eight by tens. Paper. Oh, the resume with your photo right on the back. Yep, that's you a, have that to was, staple it. Yep, and I would mail. I would have a hundred yep. photos of me in black and white, and I would mail them to the casting headshot agents. resume. Headshot, headshot yeah. on the same page. Yep, yes. just flip it. Yep. And then that's how I started out. And then all you know, the advent of the internet, which changed amazing, everything. Like amazing, so much easier with that. But everybody else <laughs> can do it though. Yeah. So there's more competition now against it. It's very competitive. What uh, tell me about some of the shows that you like. Like right now, do you watch a lot of TV? I do. I love TV and movies. That's one of my favorite things, other than reading books. So what and do you like? Some of my like, favorite books have turned it, into movies and television. Do you sit there? Is there ever like you know some TV shows that you could say like, oh man, I would love to be on say Breaking Bad, or I would love to be on if Buffy the Vampire Slayer, like, one Slayer, born every generation. If she was still airing. Which I know it's not, and I don't ever, I don't plan it to ever come back. It is what it is. But yeah, I would fucking want to be on. Don't Buffy. say that. Don't uh, say that. And I don't mean I to. Be and I'm, on not, Buffy. I'm not being political, <laughs> but they're changing everything to be. I don't care what character. Equity. Let me be on that Equity. show. Everything. Any character. <laughs> like you had, you had um, Annie Ann, and now they have the Annie Ann, a black Annie Ann. Right? Oh yeah, yeah, they did that. So, You're right. So now you could probably do Buffy the Vampire Slayer as an Irish Dublin African American, <laughs> you know, whatever. So it me. Is. Yeah, so I'm just saying, me. like you know, so there could be an opening for that. But when you look, say, that would be my dream. Are you when you say to play dream, a new Buffy, a new Buffy? Yeah, to play a rebooted of Buffy or an extension of Buffy. You know what I mean? Even if I'm not Buffy, if I'm just like the show carried on and I'm a new Slayer, like I would just love it all. Are you a big vampire person? I'm just a big... Like, would you play... I'm, I'm very the, uh, into esoteric things. I told you, I was already practicing magic spells at 14. I'm doing tarot. I'm <laughs> You're into it. I hear could, things. I have visions. So, like, yo, the life is weird. How do you feel about God? Oh, she's everywhere. She's everywhere. God has no gender. So call God he, him, her, whatever. Okay. Why are we trying to make God so human when God is not human? You get you know, what I'm it's, saying? It's, it's really good. You know why I guess I, I get mixed up with that sometimes is because, and I'm not saying, because when you get older, then you start saying to yourself, well, this is such a a minority way of looking at things. Jesus, white, with the hair, you know, whatever. Because it could be anything. But when I look at Jesus, when I think of God, I think of Jesus. So I think of a white guy, a male, walking the earth. Common imagery. Common imagery. But you're right, though, when you say that, you know, it's more of a metaphysical type thing. Like, yeah. I don't look at, when, I, when I look at God, I don't look at God as being a human being. So you can't, if you don't look at it as being a human being, how can you look at it being male? Or even having a gender at all. Yes. I agree with that. So I say she because that's just my preference. I don't think God has a gender. I think God is all genders, if anything. Well, I think that's a good way of doing it because, you know, the ships, boats, they say she. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a female Cars, name. they usually cars, give cars. A female, female name. Yeah. So I, and I and see women that are what creates. Men help co-create. Women are the actual creators, though. We need you to add to it. We need you to assist. You're part of the recipe. But the woman is actually the one gestating and creating the child. Yes. You're 33? Mm hmm. Do you want to have children? Um, that'd be nice to have one one day if I find a really awesome partner to, you know, not abandon me and, and be with me. Are you nervous about being an abandoned? Like, because of what happened in your childhood? Absolutely. It really still comes up. <laughs> Absolutely. How did you get from that then, killing yourself to not killing yourself? 
what was again I, I know that I'm trying to nail down and I'm going backwards here but I'm really trying to figure out you on how you got yourself out I'm a very big self-help person mm-hmm. I listen to a lot of motivational books I listen to a lot of things on YouTube I read a lot of motivational things to try to help myself you know because I go through emotional things too yeah, I'm not somebody that's we're all perfect only human yes so how do you get yourself through that? What do you do to not put yourself back to hanging yourself, but back to, I want to try to be Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I'm thinking about that as opposed to, I don't want to be here anymore. Where was the turn? The turn was college. The turn was college. Being exposed to education and different walks of life. Like I said, Rutgers was also you know known as the most number one diverse school in America. Meeting different kinds of people from all over different places, um, taking different types of classes, majoring in English, minoring in film and television, joining different groups. I was the treasurer of RU Pride. So I was uh, collaborating with RU Pride to conduct events. I was performing at events. Um, RU Pride is something with LGBTQ? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it was an organization, a student org that I became. I was voted to be treasurer of. Um, uh, it happened somehow, some way. People voted. We were there. I was like, "Wow, here we go!" And then I just started assisting in that aspect. And so, I had three jobs that I worked. I took five classes, and You're I busy. was the treasurer of RU Pride. So when did I have time to be sad? <laughs> I was either running an event, signing paperwork to send funds out for RU Pride, conducting like logistic stuff. You know, we need the food for this event. What time is the performer going to be there? Da, 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 da. Having meetings. I'm already at like I had three different part time jobs. I had to pay, you know, just because my my dad was assisting with my loans and helping didn't mean I had a copious amounts of money. I had three different jobs. I had five classes, a full time schedule. Are you working now? Um, Yeah. Besides acting, do you have a, a job that you do to make money? Because I know it's very difficult. I was assisting a photographer. Um, he went on a break. So we're going to see if that comes back. And you have right now, tell us about this this acting role. Because before we weren't on air, can you pull that up, Eric? The uh, the page that you... Oh, actually, um, can you pull up Get It Right? Get It Right. What is that? Because that was, you asked me about my first like in- introduction to acting. Like I really started getting into it. It's a short film. It's called Get It Right, Jesslyn Blue. There it is. Oh, yeah, there you go. Those are all. I was Kai's, uh, Kai Green's mom. <laughs> that was fun, too. Get It Right? Yeah. Your mic's not on. I was gonna. I don't know if you want to play it. It's like two, three minutes or whatever. Can you play it from there? Not from IMDb. On YouTube? You can play it from, if you just type in Get It Right, Jesslyn Blue, it should take you. Jesslyn, such a beautiful name. Thank you. It means God sees foresight. Sure, give me a second. Yeah, oh, thank you. God sees foresight. And I'm psychic. Isn't that great? Isn't that unbelievable? Look at that. It just, it just And Blue, that is that really your biological father's last That's name? That's my stepfather's last name. That's the story Blue. behind that. Yeah. My mom changed my name. so I, I love it. I had my mom's name, which was Durant. Durant. Mm-hmm. Pretty good name, too, though. It was French. And then... Durant. And then um, she married him, and she changed my name to Blue. So it is legit my name. No, it is. I I, I can. Oh no, it. it's not on YouTube. It's on a private. It's on the uh, company site. So I guess Google. Yeah, it. just Google it. It's on the company site. I did that short film for Dreamplay Media specifically for their content. Are you in SAG? Yes, I am a SAG Afro actor. I feel bad for you though because ah! I'll tell you why. Why? Because. Being in SAG, say ten years ago, you'd get all the great movies sent to you, 
Yes. And you get them, and before they would come out, yeah. before in the movies, yep. and you get all these, you're not allowed to show anyone. No, I can't show anyone. But now there's no good movies anymore. Now it's all kids' movies. Well, there's still some good movies. Would you, Would is your dream job, would it be, if I said to you, hey, I'm your agent, right? And I said, you have your choice right now, you're going to be booked for the next year. Yes. Would you want to do a movie, a f- like a featured movie, or I said you'd be on Netflix like a TV show? Like Tell Me Lies. You ever see Tell Me Lies on Netflix? I've it's heard of it. Great. I haven't seen it though. Oh, you'll agree. Now you'd be great. I'm about to say I'll watch it. You'd though. be great. You you'd fit you'd be a great cast for a Tell Me Lies. Movie or a Netflix series. Honestly, I don't at this current time, I would say let's do both. I would try to finesse it all. Yeah, I know. But you have to do one. If someone said pick one right now, my if you were my agent and you just said I can present you a TV show, Netflix, or a film a film, right? Yes. It would depend on the project and what which which project called to me the most. I'd have money to doesn't read come it. into play. This is get it right. Uh, yeah, it would. Yeah, is no. that you? Is that supposed to be you? Yeah. Look at you. Look a at the artwork. Written, oh, there we go. A poem written by Jessalyn Blue. So Yuri Alves, amazing, and his brother Igor Alves. Shout out to them. They're really awesome people. Very beautiful, kind souls. Very artistically driven. I think are they in New York City? Um. No, they're they're probably in LA right now. Okay. Um, they they do a lot of work in LA. I know they also do work. They have a studio in um Newark, or an office in Newark too. They have two offices, one in LA and one office. And Dreamplay Media was literally I have I give a lot of thanks to them and their company because they were the first people to ever contact me for acting. Really, like seriously, not like stupid goofy things or like skits. like being painted and sitting there smoking a cigarette in the middle of the Bronx at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> like I had to do. Yeah, no, okay. somebody somebody wanted me to do something some acting when I was younger before I did this, and they were like, "Yeah, can you just play a sexy girl that's ditzy or something on our YouTube channel?" And I was like, "What?" So like this was like a serious offer to like, "Hey, I want you to act in something," and and they really believed in me, and it was by word of mouth. So a friend of mine was being asked by them, "Hey, do you have a poet we want to showcase?" artistry in Newark, New Jersey and we want to make a video for them. We're going to give them their own short film. And my friend was like, oh, contact Jessalyn Blue because she's an amazing poet. She's a great um, artist and performer. She will do And she can memorize her lines. Yes. So they contacted me. Can we play play that, right? Are we going to get copyrighted by Yuri and his brother or? No, I doubt it. I don't think so, right? No. no let's try. Okay. No. Who cares? It's on. It's literally available for us. If to. we do, then we could just we'll just we'll just take it out. We could always cut it out. Yeah, we could always cut it out. I highly want. doubt it, though. All right, let's see what we got here. Play a couple of uh, play a minute of it and see what we got cooking. Oh no, I posted this on everything. Live so. <laughs> wire dancing <laughs> in the moonlight. Touch me. Transfer energy. We'll do this all night till dawn's break, till we get it right. Mash up disproportionate pasts with uncharted future. Geometric puzzle pieces scattered on cotton covers. novel of body language I read your strut into the kitchen notepad sketches of half-finished thoughts I ate for dinner we drank Pepto labels wrapped on beer bottles 
Don't those stones and glass houses you do not own? We're in the bed. No sleeping. You threw me off the roof into the sky. I laughed until impact got high on clouds. Sally Skellington taught me needle and thread. Death is of a door. Sew up limbs and organs. Version 5.0 stands. I gotta tell you. Yeah. Look at that body of yours, though, too. Jesus oh, Christ, you. look oh, at I you. I dropped my chair somehow. I don't know what I did. <laughs> you could, it's a little thing on the right, and you could just scoop it up <laughs> and make it as Yay! high as you want. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Cool. I mean... Thank you. I'm, I'm natural. First of all... That's genetic. It's from my mother. We're very thin and just shapely people. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. You look beautiful. Me and my thing. sisters, we all look the same. <laughs> I, lo- I love the whole apartment thing. Tell me about the poem, though. What was that from? When did you? First of all, when did you create the poem? I wrote that... This So this was... Done in, I think, like 2018, 2017. 2017, okay. I think, right? It should have, it was a while ago. This is the first thing I really worked on, honestly. Yeah. Whose apartment is that? It would be on my IMDb. Yeah, what's the year? This was 2018. I was right. Okay, yeah. This is like one of the first like real film things. Like this was like my lead, you know. If you watch until the end, there is a second person in the apartment who's who I'm actually speaking to who's playing like my boyfriend that I'm talking to. Can we fast forward it to that? Maybe find it and we'll just play it real quick and see what we got cooking. Oh, there we go. Mm Mm-hmm. Let's see. Well, spoon action doesn't hurt anyone. <laughs> that's it. That's as much. <laughs> that's all that happens. Nothing else happens. Okay. And that's my friend Lyle Omalai. He's amazing. He's a great rapper. Check him out. Shouting him out. Look at you tatted up. I am. I have a couple tattoos. You just can't see them right now. What um? How did you? What, how did you get that? You said I told. I, wait, you told. It was us how word you got of mouth. That. Yeah, you told us how you got that. But how was it reviewed? Do you have that on your reel? Yeah, I have clips of it on my reel. Absolutely, oh, they gave yeah. you know. I, of course, I kept a copy. Of, you know, to use that. Yeah. That was my first short film lead role, and I wrote it myself. You wrote, <laughs> that's course. my poem. Yeah, that's your poem. <laughs> Where was the apartment? Whose apartment was that? Um, Yuri Alves and his team at Dreamplay Media conducted all of that. I just had to show up and have my poem memorized. How long did it take you to do it? About eleven hours, because it was one take. So we could not have one mistake. It was just one camera. Rolling and then on a dolly just going across the bedroom until I got to the end scene So if one thing went wrong, we had to go right back. I started from the beginning So the guy the male actor he was hanging out in the bed. The oh, whole he, time took he took oh a nap. Oh my god. He fucking fell asleep. <laughs> I was like Lyle <laughs> yeah, He's awesome though. He's a great friend. So I was just like Lyle come on. He was like, oh, I am up Because <laughs> all he had to do was be there for that one ending part. That's it <laughs> But we needed him to stay because I know we had to get it in one take Oh, I would have done it. I would have sat there and waited for that just to get the credit and be on on camera yeah. i know all about it i do <laughs> so so great. so tell me about like do you have um anything new coming up tell me a little bit about what you have you know yeah cooking i'm so now. excited so like i'm very thankful to get the lead role in thruple um as piper and that really was challenging and that pushed me and then it went to six film festivals and then it thruple. went to tubi can we put that on on the thing but i don't think we'll probably be able to play that yeah y- May not be able it to doesn't work. matter, but let's put that up there and let's talk about it. But what's the what's is it a movie? Is it a short it's film? It's a short film. It's about 20, 30 minutes. Um I worked with some wonderful people. 
Everybody, Noble Filmworks. Yeah, it was so awesome. I'm so thankful. You know, this was like 50 Cent. This was during the pandemic. That's me again. Is that you? Yeah. Look at you. That's me again. Look at (laughs) you doing your thing. Yeah, so proud of myself. That was really awesome. Are you having a sex scene? Yeah. How was that? Oh, that was so fun. Are you kidding me? They give you this rubber ball. And I keep my pants on or whatever. And he kept his pants on. And I just bounced on this rubber ball on top of him. Really? Yeah. That's how that works? Yeah. So we're not actually trying to like arouse each other. You yeah. Know? I never got, we're I not never, trying to. Really. I never got the. Uh, it's not real. Okay. <laughs> sex. No, I know it's not real. But I never, I never, uh, I never nailed down the sex scene to get to that point that I'd be able to describe. You just have to. Yeah, I know. It's your, It's all in the mind, man. What do you, um, so, you, so you did that. Yeah. And that was on that. That was ne- during like the pandemic. So that was some crazy filming in regards to like. Do you have an agent? No, I'm looking for one right now. That's definitely on my That's list of what thing. I want. I want, I want an agent. You want a manager slash agent, yes. whatever. Anyone that's going to say. I sometimes get overwhelmed. I'm not saying I'm super busy, like I'm some superstar or anything, but it can be a lot sometimes to juggle different things. So yes. like it would be really helpful. <laughs> helpful if somebody could be like, hey, listen, I need you to be. Or answer the calls and emails for me. I need you to be on 9th <laughs> Avenue, yeah. you know, whatever, at 11 a.m. Are you still doing auditions? Like, are you going to, like, obviously you had to audition for that one? Absolutely. Absolutely. I audition for everything. Do you so have I a, always put Do you have monologues? Um, monologues, like, ready for an audition? I usually yeah. have it, like, I always usually go off their script, but I did memorize this one, like, Anya monologue that I auditioned for something, and uh, they just, they told me to bring my own, like, do my own monologue, not the script that they provided, and... They didn't like it, but oh well. I still love Anya from I Buffy. Uh, I love Buffy, so I had to pick a moment from Buffy. I was like, yeah, it was. <laughs> it was like, I went to this. Um, I, I, I did monologue classes. I did it all. I loved. I actually loved it. It's really invigorating, and the highs, you know, the highs are high and the lows are low, yes. and you have to just be able to. You know, you you have to be able to take the rejection. Mm-hmm. That's the thing, and maybe that's why you excel in it because you've dealt with rejection in your life so many times. So many times, and this is probably just a, a bucket of you know, just a. I don't care nothing. anymore. I believe in myself. What do I you don't see, give a fuck. What do you see yourself doing in five years? Like, what do you want to be like when you look back? You know, when you look walking forward. red carpets. Yes. Releasing and distributing as much art as possible. Making, doing what you love and actually being able to pay your bills by doing By only doing what I love. Not having to have different jobs. Because yeah, I, I just told teller. you I do other things. Like I'm not, like I said, I, I was being an assistant to a photographer. Um, I was a bank teller. I worked at Walmart for a year, two years actually. Yeah. I, I was bartending. I was waiting. I bartended. Yeah, yes. I bartended once. I was a hostess. I've been a waitress so many times throughout my life. Many times on and off. Like I could, it, yeah. So that would be, in five years I see myself walking red carpets. I literally just got offered um to do my own podcast um so you got a lot of stories someone reached out to me to do that so i was like you you want me to host my own podcast and he was like yeah i'll engineer it for you i'll do this just just put it up and i'll do all the like i'll up i was like oh okay sounds like a plan he was like yeah you you whatever creative control you want you have so i'm like okay so i want my podcast to flourish i want my modeling to flourish i want my acting to flourish i personally really want to release more poetry albums i gotta tell you if i was just gonna say this if i was your agent I am an agent, by the way, but I have no clients. Yeah. I am a registered agent because I'm an attorney and I registered myself as an agent. I have no clients. But if I was your agent. I'm listening. 
the advice that I would give to you, because what I saw right there on before that, the, the poetry mm-hmm. thing that you did, I would be on TikTok and Instagram and I would act out your poetry. And I would just post them on Instagram, short, one minute, in, out, and let people see how you can act through your poetry. I mean, you have the poetry. Nobody else can do what you're doing because it's your poetry. Yeah, that's true. And I would do that because you have, when I was doing it, there was no instant, there was, but nobody was really doing it. I wish I would have realized that and maybe it was because my insecurities of putting myself out there. But if I was doing acting now, I would have monologue after monologue, but it could be poetry after poetry. It could be lines after lines. Well, he actually helped me turn that into a monologue. So that normally would not be how I would perform my poem at all. Yeah. The director, Yuri, like really worked with me into changing how I like spoke it, how I presented it. It was great how you did it, too. He worked with me, yeah. But I would do that because you know how singers, right? You would have... They, they, they put their music out there and they're rapping on TikTok mm-hmm. or they're rapping on Instagram or their country music with the guitar on Instagram. You're an artist. Yours is performing. And how you can perform without anybody else there is doing a monologue. Yeah. And your monologues are your, your poetry is your monologues. Yeah. And I would do that, man. I would do that and get yourself out there because people would see that. I saw that one thing there and I said, okay, you, you know what the first thing I thought when I saw you do your poetry in that apartment? First thing I said to myself was, she can act. Thank you. Yeah. She can act. So now it's, if I was now a producer was, do I have a role for her? Mm. Right? Because first you got to be able to act. Yes. Right? <laughs> At minimum, right? And then I got to have a role for you. What, where do I see you in? Like, what, what is it that I could see you do? I also studied comedy improv with LA Connection Theater. Shout out to LA Connection Theater. Did you go out to LA and do the... No, I did it online through Zoom because it was during the pandemic. So while it. people were, were doing whatever they were doing, I wanted to better my skills. I did LA Connection. I went out to did LA. Did you? They were so fun. I did the it. The owner's super nice too. Yes, I did it and it was um, probably, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago. Oh, and you awesome. Out to LA. Yeah, I know about yeah it. he said I could if I wanted to like do it when I was when I was taking the classes. I'm not taking them right now. When I was, yeah, he was like, yeah, you can come do them you know, in the theater. But, you know. I That was my first I time in I LA. I, I went out there. I did it. I loved it. It also made me realize, wow, you got a lot of work to do. Yes. I said to myself, I was like, you but have a so lot. it's so much fun. It is. It's so worth it. Yes. I would do all of those things if I, I would could do it I would do comedy improv all the time. I used to, you know, there's no, because of COVID. Book me for whose line is anyway. <laughs> did you ever hear of the Upright Citizens Brigade? I have actually. Yeah, I've heard that term. You should do improv. There's th- That's closed down now because of yeah. improv. I mean, because of COVID. Yeah. And that was the biggest improv in Manhattan. But there's other ones too. I would definitely do that if I was you because improv is the most challenging. Challenging thing. It's worth it. Yes. It is worth it. If you because it's it's a skill that you have to develop. You can't just go in there and think that you can do it. Because it, it, it takes a lot of work, a lot of practice. Oh, and shout out to John Dearden, because he was my teacher at LA Connection Theater. John Dearden. Yes, he was amazing. I hope I said his last name right. I apologize if I didn't. If, uh, if people wanted to, you know, to get in touch with you, if, someone, if there was a casting director that said, hey, I like this, I watch this podcast, how would they be able to get in touch with you? Email me. I check my emails every day. What is it? It's MS, Miss... Jessalyn Blue at Gmail. And how do you spell, just so people know, Jessalyn? M-S-J-E-S-S-L-Y-N-B-L-U-E. And you have Instagram, too, and that's the exact same Instagram? Jessalyn Blue. And it's also the Twitter as well. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Listen, I love anytime that you want to come back on here. You're more than welcome. I loved having you on. It was a pleasure. I loved your story, and I'm rooting for you. Oh, thank you, man. No, this was mad fun. I could just talk to you about whatever. We could talk about anything, honestly. I could tell you about my psychic experience. Next. I could be like, yo, I've been seeing shit, my dude. Wait, wait. What's the one thing that you you've been seeing? That you th- you know that you think is going to become a reality. Give me one. I've seen so many different things. I see things for friends. I see visions for my clients. Like right before I came here today, I was saging myself and praying. Um, what do you mean saging in the trauma? Well, I was using Palo Santo, not sage this time. I okay. have both, but I like my Palo Santo. So I was Palo Santoing myself, and I was meditating. I had my eyes closed, and you know I can channel. Um, I'm an energy worker, so okay. it's it's. Like that's why I do tarot. I don't even need the person to be in front of me when I do tarot. It's just about the energy and just channeling you. And I I don't know when I was saging. I saw I had a vision of hands like someone was handing something to somebody. Like little images like that. I had a vision a year ago when Thruple came out of people clapping. In a th- like all these different hands just clapping. I like that one. And I was like, okay, are people going to like see my movie and clap or whatever? Or see, not my movie. I didn't, obviously didn't write the movie, but like, you know, see me starring in this movie and like clap and cheer for me. And then I ended up going to film festivals to help promote it. That must be. And really I was good. like getting clapped. That's, 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 a, that's right. So there. like I get these little images and I hear things. And, you know, if you ever watch my Instagram, my tarot Instagram or my tarot YouTube, I put general readings out to just help people. Because like one time I saw a vision, I had a vision of someone using a box cutter and they like sliced their leg. And I was like, oh, my God, what am I seeing right now? And I'm like, hey, like. Just, I just put it out there to help people because this is write, a gift. You, you should write a screenplay. This is a gift, man. You should like, write a screenplay. It's scary sometimes, though. Like, Yeah. It's not scary. I don't want to say it's scary, but it's... um. No, it would be for I'm me. I'm in tune to something that not everyone is. It would be driving bananas. It, it, it would drive it me can, crazy. It can. Because I would sit there and, and you know, I, I look into Guys everything. don't like it. When I'm dating guys, they, I, they can't lie to me. I'm not even trying to be funny. You cannot lie to me. You cannot lie to me. I'm the best liar in the world. I already smell it. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm He's not. a lawyer. <laughs> I'm a lawyer. I do it for a living. But listen, anytime, please come back. Oh, right, real quick. Yeah. What's, what's your favorite food? Italian if- food. I love Italian food. Really? Yes. I, my first job when I was 14 was working at an authentic Italian restaurant. Yeah, but what is it? Is it, is it raviolis? Is it meatballs? Chicken or piccata. Lasagna? Chicken piccata. Okay. All right. All right, and you like With capers, this. and you like the, and I like whiskey, and you like whiskey <laughs> and <be> weed. <laughs> I, like whiskey I said to weed. Eric too. I said right before you came because you said you were going to be a little late, and I was yeah. like, I wish I fucking would have brought my weed. I didn't bring any weed. Oh, I got some. We good. <laughs> I got it. We're I good. love it. Listen, anytime you want to come back on, I appreciate it, and I loved it. Yeah, whenever you would like to have me, we could talk about anything specific, whatever. I'm uh, here for it. Yes, and hopefully, maybe when you. Land. I have two feature films coming out. What is it? Bishop's Cove is a horror movie, and I'm a supporting actor, and my character survives, and there will be a sequel. Oh, I love that's the, that's what you want to do. You want to get a movie I am. that is a sequel. I am. Yes. It's coming in sequel. I love it. Hey, <laughs> listen. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. This was awesome. Yes. Cheers. And with, and with that being said, we are out. Case.